You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. That's our new theme song. No! Kevin. No! No! God damn it. Yeah, we're recording on July 4th. Which is Steve Rogers' 104th birthday! Yeah! Oh, man. (laughs) Oh, man. Hanging out on the moon. (laughs) Him and that. Knitting. Chilling on the moon. Yeah. Doing moon things. Judging. What else do you do (laughs) on the moon? 100%. Yep. Oh, you know, Nat is judging the fuck out of everyone. What else would she and do? And she's like, give him a break, Nat. He's like, no. She's like, no, look at this fucking idiot. Who gave me a break, Steve? <laughs> Who gave me a break? <laughs> Who? Did Bucky's breaking Zemo out of jail. Who gave me a break? <laughs> Turns out nobody. Turns out nobody, Steve. Uh, Want to hear a story I learned today? No. So I was f- flipping through Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even pause. I blatantly say no, and she doesn't even pause. You will like it. It's a good story, but it's also funny and weird. I was flipping through Reddit, and I, you've probably maybe seen videos, but there's this one beluga whale where, like, if you drop your phone into the... Um, mm-hmm. He'll bring it back up to you. Yeah. So I clicked on that and was like, oh, I want to see what the comments are. How yep. cute. Yeah, so it turns out they think that this whale is a Russian spy. That was <laughs> for real. Like, like really? They really think this? Like, no. Or is this a weird conspiracy? Even better, it's a real conspiracy. Because Russia has whales for some reason in whale tanks. That's a thing. That is real. Also, this whale was seen leaving Russia... With a harness on. It was rescued. The person had to, like, wrestle the harness off of this poor whale. What What do we mean by a harness? Like, Because all I'm thinking is, like, a dog harness. It kind of like looks a like a giant dog whale harness. Yeah. Yeah. It was, like, strapped. I mean, it's harder because they don't have, like, arms and legs. They don't have armpits. Yeah. So it's just, like, strapped around his, like, big fat head. So, yeah. Some diver found it on this poor whale. And they took it off of him. And they looked at it, and it has a bunch of, like, Russian shit written on it, and it's a camera. And now the whale, because it was basically, like, extra socialized with people, really likes people and is, like, hanging out on this coastal town, but doesn't know how to be a whale. And they've named it Valdemir, as, because Hval is something. And then also after Vladimir Putin, because he's dumb. So, so yeah... <laughs> I feel dumb. dumb. We are an anti-Vladimir Putin oh, yeah. household. First of all, that. Second of all, he thinks that you can have whales spy for people. What, like, like what? What do you think is going to happen? Also, a whale being like domesticated is the cutest fucking thing in the entire. world. I would love a little whale buddy. A whale buddy, not a dolphin, because a dolphin will domesticate you. And I mean that in the most vulgar way possible. She, and she means that in a vulgar way, but really her cat runs her life. No, so no, I mean... Not a, I know what you mean, but it was just funny with you saying that, because I was like, you know your cat has you fucking First whipped. of all, every animal I will ever have... Martha is the lowest end of the totem pole. I know who house. I am, and that's fine. 
and this little beluga whale is just cute and wants to just like bring bread. Yeah. He just wants to be buds. You dropped your phone, lady. Yeah. Just brings it, puts it in his mouth and brings it up. And then is like, can you give me treats for bringing you Russian spy secrets? I would like a treat, please. I assume. So, yeah. He's been domesticating whales this whole time, and instead... Probably not all of them. I assume the really big ones are hard. I assume those killer whales will just eat you. Oh, yeah, no. You can't, <laughs> to get you away can't from domesticate a full-on <laughs> serial killers, you because you've got wandas, which are beluga whales, which are really cute, and then you have killer whales, which just kill for fun literally all the time. <laughs> They're like, we don't need this for eating. We're just going to... Maul it. Tear shit apart and watch it die. You know what this one does? Mm-hmm. They're the hippos of the ocean. Scary motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Uh, do we have anything else this week? We both have COVID. Uh, yeah, we both got COVID. <laughs> Martha finished her quarantine Friday. Yep. Yes, yeah, so I'm is, good to go. Yep. She's good. I, today this is, is my the last, last day. day. I can leave the house tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I have just had a regular head cold that has been worse than this, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Both of our both, both of our, of our home, tests, our were home negative. tests were negative, but Martha still went and got tested. I went and got the PCR. And so if like she didn't do that, one. there's no way yeah. I would have believed this was COVID because it hasn't been bad. It wasn't bad. I never. You had a slight fever for a little bit. I didn't ever have an, an actual fever. Yeah. Stuffy. I was stuffy. Yeah. We're still we both little. have this weird, yeah, so there'll be weird little sniffs, and there'll be some coughs, because we, we do have a little cough. Yeah. But other than that, but it would have been a lot oh my God. if we yeah. hadn't both if got we the vaccine and If we were both fully boosters, unvaccinated, yeah. we would be in, in real trouble, yeah. but instead we just shrugged this off. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it was all in due time. Yeah. We somehow avoided it this long. Yeah. But yeah, we're just good. Just me chugging booster shots, and they're like, that's not how it goes. <laughs> They don't mean shots like that. I'm like, shot, 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 shot. Oh, Martha and I found out. <laughs> we found out. So we were sitting outside at some point talking about time space. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. And both thoroughly not under understanding it. And then she, what'd you find? I think. So first, <laughs> was it a shirt? I think or? it was the first thing I found was the shirt. Yep. That Which was, was uh, like with Rachel Gray on it, and that was like I'm too gay for the time space continuum. And, and then like, we were like, oh, 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 this is this is why I can't make any of this make sense. Don't understand. This is why time never makes sense. <laughs> so if you don't and understand why I'm time hate. space, it's probably because you're 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 probably gay. you're probably gay, or you're definitely you know at least bi. <laughs> If you're on time all the time, you're probably just straight. And and, I mean, I know that's, I mean, that's fine, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I think that's kind of it, right? I mean, uh, we could talk about Roe v. Wade if we wanted to. No, we don't. We're sad. Uh, if, you, if you support it being overturned, please stop listening right yeah. now. We don't want you. Also, you should know that we're seventy-four <laughs> episodes fucking in, and we're incredibly obvious about every one of our views. None of our views has ever been hidden, even a teeny tiny bit. We often grown men, so yeah. <laughs> 
I would like to abort most of the Supreme Court right fucking now. And I know that's a little late, I guess, according to their rules, but, you know. Oh, one last thing we can talk about briefly. <laughs> no. <laughs> so Martha messages me Tuesday, maybe Wednesday. I have no idea what I don't know. About. I was at work, so it was definitely either Tuesday or Wednesday because I haven't been to work since Thursday because COVID. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she lets me <laughs> know that um, the kid who plays Jason Todd oh. from Titans is going to be at Dragon Con. And this is, I don't, I feel like we've talked about our cute aggression on this podcast. First Maybe of all, not. It might have talked about our cute aggression on this podcast. I've talked about his nose on this podcast. I'm 100% sure that's made it through. So that was an oh no kind of moment because I really might actually punch him in the face. I don't know if you've seen his nose, but it's real Fucking cute. And that's the end of that rant. <laughs> the rant episode is next week, guys. <laughs> so just wait for a full two and a half hours about nose cuteness. It's so cute. I've heard about two and a half hours of it, and it's pretty much the same thing over and over. <laughs> I can't help how cute it is. <laughs> and I can't embarrass myself and be like, hey, your nose is Oh, perfect. yeah, because you've never embarrassed yourself in front of somebody before. Not fucking semi-famous people will be like, this person's a weirdo, can you please escort her away? So first of all, they're not going to say that because there's going to be people weirder than you. This is true. Just don't actually hit him. Just don't actually be with you, and I will fool. <laughs> all of a sudden you just tackle me. Fucking tackle you. You're going for a handshake, and I tackle you all the way to the end. They're like, what happened? I'm like, I, 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 don't, I, I didn't want to risk it. <laughs> We've also realized that we don't want to look too deep into the fact that both of us have this weird thing about Slade and Talia, and they are the worst people in the entire world. First of all, my but I literally Slade got mad when I watched. Some, okay, well, it's I been in this literally podcast. got mad at something the other day when I was watching it, and Slade wasn't hot, and then I was like, "What does this say about myself?" It says that you're right. It says that you're right. Like. <laughs> Just because somebody's a bad person doesn't mean that they're not hot. We have to live with this in real life. We have to live with this in cartoons. If Slade isn't hot, you're wrong. You did a bad job with your casting. Or your art. Whatever it, it is. It was art. It was a cartoon. Then that's even worse. Mm. It's okay. Talia was really hot. I mean, first of all, they did that wrong. Then like, I know. How do you draw Talia not hot? So yeah, that's learning cool. a lot about myself. Oh, hmm. one last thing. So Sam has a podcast. If you like magic, like the game magic and magic cards, which I'm not a fan of and Brittany is a fan of, but some people are, uh, then you can go check out The Howling Salt Mines with my little brother, who was a guest a couple weeks ago, and some of his friends. I don't understand any of it, but I'm sure it's fun for people who do. <laughs> that was that was a great plug. A rousing <laughs> plug. <laughs> All right. For real. For I real. guess we'll get started here.
Yeah. What episode are we on? 74? 74. Yeah, Ramp's episode is next, oh. so be ready for that. Yeah, it's going to be a two-parter, because it's always a two-parter. <clears throat> yeah, because we have a lot of feelings. Because last time, I drank seven drinks, <laughs> and was like, two-parter. <laughs> I did Ramp for three and a half hours. Yeah. All right. So, episode 74. Yep. I said that. Yep. We'll do the thing. Yep. I'm Brittany Petrino. I'm Martha Bartlett. And this is But, but First, Let's Talk Nerdy. Clink. All right, nothing special today. Mm-mm. Normal drinks. Nothing, nothing new. new. Nothing so, interesting. Just our regular seltzers. And regular, that's what we're going regular. With. All right, 74. Martha, that means you go first. All right. So, today I am going to be talking about the legendary Kraken and its real life counterparts. We're talking about squids. Squid. So, my uh, sources today, I read an actual like scientific paper. The Kraken, When Myth Encounters Science by Rodrigo B. Salvador. Uh, I used Wikipedia. There was an article, Sea Monsters and Their Inspirations, Serpents, Mermaids, The Kraken, and More by Kerry Lotsoff. And Voyage of the Giant Squid from the American Museum of Natural History. Um, Our favorite podcast did an episode on squids, too. Yeah, because they're incredible. And octopi. Just cephalopods, right? I feel like it was octopi. Squids generally get less of a good rap for being smart, even though they're both octopi or aliens. Yeah, but that's a whole other that's a whole other podcast. If you're a cephalopod, you're an alien. You're basically an mm-hmm. alien. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Look at fucking oh my god, uh, cuttlefish are absolutely aliens. Oh, little cuttlefish. They're so cute, but also they can fully change themselves to look like something completely different than what they are, and that's. Bonkers. That's alien fucking nonsense. Okay, so right. squids. Squids. Mm-hmm. We're here. We're okay. back. So, I have a sonnet by, I believe it was Tennyson, which is called The Kraken. Below the thunders of the upper deep, far, far beneath in abysmal sea, is ancient dreamless, uninvaded sleep. The Kraken sleepeth. Faintest sunlight flee about his shadowy sides, above him swell huge sponges of millennial growth and height, and far away into sickly light, from many a wondrous grot. <laughs> Didn't read that one before this. <laughs> uh, from many a wondrous grot and secret, secret cell. How do you say grot without like re- literally grot. leaning into it as you hard can. as you can? You just have to go uh, with it. Unnumbered and enormous polypi. Winnow with giant arms the slumbering green, there hath he lain for ages and will lie, battening upon huge sea worms in his sleep, in the later fire shall heat the deep. Then once by man and angels to be seen, in roaring he shall rise and on the surface die. Kind of a bummer, Lord Tennyson. If you're gonna, like, be into a kraken, he shouldn't die on the surface. He should eat every motherfucking person. Yes, definitely eat every person. But yeah, so the kraken is a baller, and most of the animals that inspired it are also cool as fuck. So old-timey kraken shit goes back quite a bit, but um, basically for the first navigators, the sea was... A huge unknown. It was treacherous, unstable, and very, very dangerous. But it was also the only way to really get anywhere. And everybody thought there were fucking monsters in the sea, and the bravest seafarers just had to be like, okay, we're going to do the thing. So 
That's I mean, that. there is a giant squid, guys. There is a giant squid. There is an actual giant squid. So there's, that is a sea monster. There's more than one. It's not just We were one. just talking about serial killer whales. Sea yeah. monsters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> serial killer whales are the biggest sea monster of the sea. Yeah. You do not want to fuck with an orca. Even, like, as these people respected the sea, the stories that they told gradually became legends. And um, there's a saying that the tale grows in the telling, which is... Every fish story gets bigger and bigger as it's told over and over. Of course. Mm -hmm. So over the centuries, a lot of these monsters were, there were a lot of different sea monsters that they had previously in like old lore. And a lot of them were forgotten and haven't reached our days. But the Kraken has been around for a while and still is pretty important to us as far as shit goes like that. Um, according to an obscure ancient manuscript from 1180, um, 1180 AD, by, <laughs> I hate that, uh, by King Svir of Norway, <laughs> the Kraken was just one of many sea monsters, um, but it was peculiar on its own because it was supposed to be huge, like almost as big as an island and capable of sinking full ships. Um, and it was supposed to haunt the seas between Norway and Iceland, and between Iceland and Greenland. So I guess it was a cold monster, buddy. Yeah. You're gonna no be wonder why. up there. No wonder why he's taking down ships. He's fucking cold. Yeah. He just wants a snuggle. He's like, I just wanted to hug you guys. some hugs. I'm cold. Yeah. Yeah, so there were a lot of monsters that eventually, because of the way that they were described later kind of were attributed to being just another attribute of um, the Kraken. So there were a lot of different sea monsters that, like, over the years have been kind of winnowed away into things like a sea serpent and things like that, but, like, a lot of them became kind of like the Kraken. So you've got things like... Oh, boy. Okay. A Speedo Taloni? Hmm? which is a creature that's similar to an island. There's the biblical Leviathan. And all of these, like, different versions of monsters turning into this actual monster explains why in art and literature there's a lot of different ways that the Kraken looks. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, the Kraken looks like this, and it's all called kind of the Kraken. Yep. And then you're like, shouldn't it just be a giant squid? Yeah. Like a real, real big giant squid? Real big giant mm-hmm. squid. But yeah, so sometimes it's like a huge fucking cephalopod. Sometimes it's got like lobster parts or like crustacean bits and stuff, like big old claws. Um, and it was only much later in like probably the 17 or 1800s that the idea of the Kraken kind of, that its figure stabilized and that they figured out that this is what it is. And then only after that did they separate myth from science. So first of all, uh, it should be noted that Kraken is the most common name found in the literature, but there's a bunch of other names and they're all really fun. So I saved them for us. Cracky, Crabbin, Crackson, Skycracken, and Crabfish. Cracky. I know, it's, so it's it's basically Kraken without the N, but I think it would be Cracky. 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 It's Cracky. Cracky. 
Um, so the Kraken's colossal size initially was supposed to reach uh, a couple kilometers in length. So, it's so like a fucking mile of goddamn, goddamn Kraken. That's a lot of squid. Yeah. In the 1700s to 1800s, they were starting to do more, like, zoological... Zoological? There we go. <laughs> Um, like, literature and more scientific and less, like, ooh, we saw this big monster, maybe, in actual, like, scientific books. But in, like, a lot of information about the Kraken is found in a scientific um, book by this guy named Pontopidin? Pontopidin? Uh, basically, he wrote um, that the Kraken would attack a ship with its strong arms, and it would just like kind of crush it and like bring it down. And if that and is that what they're called, arms? Yes, actually, weird. The their arms and then the tentacles are different okay. on a squid. Okay, they're actually called arms on a okay. on an octopus as well. No, yeah, okay. But yeah, so this would it would use its strong arms, and if that didn't work, then uh. Basically, there were some beliefs originally that it would either swim in a big circle really, really fast, Mm -hmm. or it would just, because it was so big, it would just sink down. And Mm -hmm. either of those would cause a maelstrom, and it would just, like, suck the boat down. Okay. Now, can a maelstrom actually suck a boat down? I don't know. No. Oh, okay. It can't. I was like, I haven't the I didn't foggiest. know that either. It's <laughs> not yeah. my area of expertise. I was expertise. like, Maybe. it looks really scary. It's like a, basically a big whirlpool, but no, like a, a whirlpool would have to be really crazy fucking powerful in order to like fully crush a ship or okay. something like that. Also say that the uh, Kraken was um, able to basically eat an entire ship's crew. Sometimes it would devour an entire fleet at once. Who just kind of tip the boat over and like that, like the bag chip, chip bag. Exactly. What do squids eat? Fish. Okay. Mostly, and other squids. <laughs> They're very frequently cannibals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, some of that's from not being able to get that sort of shit. But yeah, so the strength of this myth of the Kraken became so strong that it was in a lot of uh, Europe's first modern scientific surveys, including a lot of some, like, the father of modern biological classification, Carl Linnaeus, actually had the Kraken in his uh, Systema Naturae when... 1735. So, and he's like an actual nature dude, and he's like, the Kraken's definitely real. It's like, have you seen one? No? Okay, cool. But yeah, most of the detailed um, description of the Kraken comes from the Danish historian Pantopatin um, and his natural history of Norway, which says that it's a natural history, but obviously is a, a little bit more magical than that. But he says that the beast is round, flat, and full of arms or branches, and is the largest and most surprising of animals, of all the animal creation. Okay, sure. (laughs) Imagine putting it's the most surprising thing in your science textbook. I was really surprised that this existed. Period. One of the good things that the Kraken was supposed to bring is that basically once it's, when it's coming to the surface, it brings a 
fuck ton of fish with it. So if you're a fisherman and you're brave and you're fast, you can get a bunch of fish and then get the fuck out of mm-hmm. there and hopefully not get fully like smashed by the kraken. But yeah, it was supposed to be ridiculous and huge. There was another mythical sea creature called the island whale, which was a beast that basically like sailors would be like, oh, we're on an island. And it's like, nope, actually it's not an island, it's a whale. You know, it's the same sort of like mythological big turtle, everything's on turtles, blah blah blah, turtles all the way down. But... Now this ain't gonna return your cell phone. <laughs> no, he's not. No, he's not gonna return your cell phone. He's not even gonna feel your cell phone if it lands in its mouth. Fully unaware. Um, but yeah, so that was supposed to be something scary, but the Kraken was always more scary than that because it's actually dexterous in its attacks because it's got all of its fucking arms, so it can just fuck you up. Part of the Kraken was probably taken by um, some of the sea monsters from uh, Greek mythology. So they had Charybdis and Scylla, which is where you get um, between a rock and a hard place. One of them is a rock and the other one is a whirlpool. Like a, a, a basically I think Scylla is a whirlpool and Charybdis is a monster, but they're both, it's actually like an actual there's a big rock and a whirlpool that sailors would have to sail between back in the day, and that was the like mythological rules for them. But um, if I remember correctly, Charybdis had like kind of it was a woman on top, and then she had like a a ring of like wolf heads, and then like giant scaly tentacle arms. Let's go, that's how I was gonna say. Take everyone down. Awesome. You basically have a wolf head tutu, which is the sickest thing in the entire fucking world. But yeah, so, and then even, um, there were some thoughts that even the Hydra, um, one of Hercules' foes, could have been inspired by uh, glimpses of the giant squid, because a lot of these, most of the time when they find giant squids, it's something that they find the carcass of, or pieces of like they've had carcasses uh come come aboard that's not right (laughs) wash up on on shores thank you jesus fucking christ and that has definitely been part of the inspiration they think to what has become the kraken now what may have been the hydra for hercules and a bunch of that other Mm -hmm. shit and, like, looking at old pictures of the Hydra, it does actually look, like, because of the way that the body is, it's kind of like a weird chunk of a body and then all the heads. Yeah. It does look a lot like a squid. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at the old, like, art of it, which is really cool. Pontipidin. I think I pronounced that differently every time I said that. <laughs> um, also said that the Kraken was um, pretty good to, like, if it wasn't eating people, it was happy to eat fish. And it had this basically, like, he was like, it had this gross, like, shit that it would emit. And then fish would come and be, like, interested in the scent of the shit. And then they, the, the Kraken would eat them. Which is weird, but is also, like, another glaring clue to what the real-life inspiration of the Kraken is, because uh, a giant squid does have ink, 
and it can ink the same way. So it wouldn't... So it's not shitting Pontipitan, you fucking goon. It's inking because of other stuff. Yeah, Pontipitan sounds like a fucking idiot, actually. He's definitely He sounds idiot. really bad at his job. Uh, he's a man in the 1700s. Ew. <laughs> but yeah, that was one of the things that Pontipitan sort of got right. He also said that it looked like they kind of like inhaled and exhaled through their mantle, and that is how squids travel. They, like, push air through their mantle and that's how they move. Push air through their mantle. Mm -hmm. Um, But but they're under the water. Yes. Um, But yeah, so enough about the Kraken. Let's get into the real goddamn (laughs) shit. So even before they started talking about the Kraken and making, like, weird jokes about Kraken poop and stuff like that, um... Aristotle and uh, Pliny the Elder both were, uh, in their works of natural history, talked about the giant squid being an actual thing and not being a mythological being or a monster. They said, yeah, yeah, that's a thing, no big deal. You know, it's just the giant squid, NBD. The giant squid is Archtuthis ducks, uh, is a species of deep ocean-dwelling squid in the family Archituthidae. Uh, It can grow to a tremendous size, offering an example of deep-sea gigantism, which is also called abyssal gigantism, which is the coolest fucking thing I have ever heard. Abyssal gigantism. So cool. Recent estimates put the maximum size Females are about uh, 39 to 43 feet, and then the males are about 33 feet. So, teeny little males! Good. Yep. Know your fucking place! Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's from the, like, basically, like, the tip of their mantle to the long tentacles. Um, <laughs> they're longer than the colossal squid by probably about several meters, but also way lighter um, due to the fact that the tentacles make up most of their length and also their weight. Um, Mantle of the giant squid is probably about the size of a really tall man, like 6'7". So that's basically, the mantle is like their head. It's like the stuff that happens above the eyeballs of the squid. Like their goofy looking hat. You know what I'm talking about. I know that sounds silly and I see your like dry face, but you know that's true and you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) But yeah, so there are claims of specimens measuring up to 20 meters, which is 66 feet, but they haven't been scientifically documented. Like all squids, giant squid has a mantle, which is their head type thing. They've got eight arms, and then they've got two longer tentacles. And the tentacles have, like, basically tentacle-like clubs at the end, and that's how they do all of their, um... That's basically, like, their hand part. It has something called, literally, a carpus which is a wrist, a manis, hand, and dactylus finger, which is gross. I hate that. Yeah. They all have a bunch of different cups of, like, suction cups. All of those suction cups have little, like, it's a little serrated around there, little serrated rings of chitin to kind of, like, really huck, like suck on. So when it grabs you, it really grabs you, and also you're going to have little, like, boo-boos. Not if you're fried and I'm eating you. Well, no. You don't want to eat this one. Oh. We'll get there. 
but it, it would taste very bad. <laughs> yeah, so they have little small fins at the rear of their mantles, so like the tippity top of their heads. The tippity toppity. Yeah, which are used for uh, locomotion and like other cephalopods. Do they're locomotion with me. <laughs> come on, come on. <laughs> so they're propelled by jets. They pull water into the mantle cavity and then they push it out in like rhythmic, rhythmic pulses, and that's what makes them move. This is the water this time, not yes. air. <sighs> it's definitely what I meant earlier, and I'm stupid. <laughs> that's why I was like, air, they're in the water. Um, and and they they breathe using large uh, gills in the mantle cavity, and that's how they get the oxygen out of the. Water, not the air. That's how gills work. Yep. And they also contain dark ink to uh, deter predators. Because they've seen so very fucking little of the actual giant squid, you've never seen it ink, which is a bummer. Because I bet it's fucking awesome. (laughs) Um, Giant squid also has a very sophisticated nervous system and a complex brain because they're smart as fuck and also big heads. Um, it has the largest eyes of any living creature, except for the colossal oh, squid. Are they? Uh, so the the giant squid's eyes are eleven inches in diameter. Holy shit! Yeah, so that's like a full foot that across. Is, that that is bigger than my head. Mm-hmm. There's the ichthyosaur, which is extinct, was so known to have larger place. eyes, but that's pretty much it. But they can basically detect a lot better light. And they can see bioluminescent light. They can see, um, they probably can't see color, but they can see small differences in tone. And that's much more important in the low light conditions of the deep ocean. In the low light conditions of no light in yeah. the fucking deep ocean. So the, <laughs> the other fact that it's pitch black down Cool there. thing that I learned, uh, I don't know if I kept it in here, but basically the deep ocean, so you get to a certain point in feet and they stop measuring it in feet and they start measuring it in how much light you don't have. I mean, that's that. You mean there can be there can be less light than no light. They're still high up in the. Um, they're not even in the. There's an abyssopathy, and they're in the bathopathy and something else. How is there more light than no light? Because the really, really no light is way the fuck down in the like. So it's just like actual no light, not just actual, like what we can see. No actual light. no light, and also everything down there doesn't even grow eyeballs because why bother? Because why bother? Yeah. There's no light. They have a natural buoyancy in seawater because uh, they have an ammonium chloride solution that is found in their bodies, and that's lighter than seawater. So they are a little bit lighter, so they don't like sink. They're always a little floaty, so they don't have to worry about. Pumping <laughs> all the time, yeah, or, they, or just drowning like in the abyss. Yeah, in the in the less oxygenated no exactly. light abyss. You're like, I can't see anything. My giant eyes aren't doing me a <laughs> fucking favor at all. Um, also, apparently, cephalopods have this organ called a statocyst, which uh, most animals besides uh, cephalopods don't have. Um, but it's something that kind of allows them to sense their movement and orientation in water. So they know, like, whether they're pointing the right way or stuff like that. And God, I need that in my life. Also, the cool Just thing about this general, is, like, no idea where I'm going. It's, uh, you can figure out what their age is from the status status, status, status lift. You can cut into that, and it has, like, 
rings, like a tree. I was gonna say they're a tree? Yeah. Which weird. is really cool and weird. A lot of what we know about giant squids is from uh, looking at the growth rings from undigested beaks in the stomachs of sperm whales. Because sperm whales eat giant squids all the fucking time. It is their bread and butter. They love that goddamn shit. Which, you know, probably fair. Like, they're pretty chunky buds. They get eaten a lot. Thoughts that they probably... Why do they get eaten so much? Because... Aren't they they giant? Yeah, but, like, they're, they're giant invertebrates. So they don't have any bones. They don't have any, like... They're just slimy little buds that, like... They're not little. They're slimy, slimy big buds. buds. <laughs> slimy big buds. Then the slimy big buds that are, like, mostly water. And once How you... big are they? So You told me this. I did. But n- now I need to remember to it's okay. compare them to a I've whale. got a comparison for it. <laughs> okay. So they can grow to be up to, like, 44 feet. Right. Which is, like, the length of a bus. Okay. Like a school bus. Okay. Mm-hmm. And how big is a sperm whale? Is that the whale you mentioned? Yes. Hey, Siri, what's the average size of a sperm whale? Sperm whale. Here's what I'm like. Look at these. 52 feet. But okay. whatever, bitch. 50, uh, 52 feet. But some can reach up to 68 feet. Oh, boy. Holy shit. Okay. Now that that's in perspective for me, I understand yeah. I'm getting eaten more. Exactly. But yeah, so they're the um, sperm whales are known predators. They're also pilot whales and southern sleeper sharks. And in some regions, killer whales, because killer whales are just fucking terrifying. Sperm whales Isn't are actually... funny how they made Free Willy a fucking killer whale? I know! Out of all the whales to make... I mean, he's probably the most trainable because they're more similar to, um... Dolphins. I don't know. That fucking beluga whale was a fucking Russian spy. Well, we didn't know that Russia had such good whales. <laughs> had we known, we would have made Free, I don't know, Nikolai. <laughs> I don't know. I make Russian jokes enough, and I don't know enough Russian no- names to do this. I like the name Nikolai. It's a good name. I would definitely not name my whale that. <laughs> but yeah, so they uh, find a lot of the information on giant squids because they find the um, beaks that are, because the beaks are so hard and undigestible, they find them in the, in sperm whale stomachs, and they find, like, a lot of them in sperm whale stomachs. So I'm like, well, it's kind of like getting back at you. Now you can't poop? Well, probably, because you've 300,000 fucking beaks in there. I was going to say, you might shit the mouth, up but your be butt. careful, it's going to rip your ass up. That's why dogs butt. can't eat boiled bones. That's why dogs can't eat squid beaks. <laughs> Don't feed your dog a squid beak. That's bad. Alternately, they uh, do think that there's a lot of cannibalism between them. Regular, so Humboldt squids are one of the like most well-known types. They're like seven feet long. They tend to be, they can be kind of vicious, but they they cannibalize a lot more. So um, they think about that. Now, and if you punched a squid, what would happen? I think your hand would just go, like, into it. It would be like punching a ball of slime. Does it go, like, into it, into it? Like, you break it? No. Okay. They're so, like, squishy. (laughs) They're so squishy. What keeps them together? What is squid skin? I don't know. I don't have the information on that. 
really just want some fucking kelp. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, originally, when they were deciding upon squid stuff, <laughs> squid taxonomy, there were a lot of different people and there were a lot of different ideas of how many different types of giant squid there are. Now they're at the point where there's probably just the one giant squid. Okay. And then the colossal, which is cooler. So they found the first live, first photographs of the live giant squid in its natural habitat were taken in uh, September 2004. And then they had a big showing of it in uh, 2005. They showed the world. I remember it was a huge deal. And I remember being like, I can't believe people are not talking about this. Ah, I feel crazy. Basically, they had a, a ball of like bait, and they tried a lot of different days in a row after finding basically like known sperm oil hunting grounds, and they went down three thousand feet with a line baited with squid and shrimp, and um, after twenty <coughs> tries in one day, the squid finally attacked the lure and snagged its tentacle. And then the camera took over five hundred pictures before the squid uh, managed to break free after four hours. And it left its eighteen foot tentacle behind because yeah. they can do that. They can they grow back. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later, DNA tests confirmed that it was actually a giant squid. And how they, uh, so the giant squid, how it was attacking this thing was basically it would envelop the bait line in a ball of tentacles and then like, like, kind of like squish it and then like go in and chomp on it, which is so cool. And also is part of the reason that they're like, they've always thought that giant squid would be like kind of a lazy hunter, like just snagging things that go by. And now that this has happened, they're like, maybe it's a little bit more aggressive that's pretty sick. And then my favorite baby of the entire world, the colossal squid, Mesonychotuthis hamiltoni, sometimes called the Antarctic squid or giant cranch squid. Cranch. <laughs> that's, that's why I left in the in here, because I immediately thought cranch and was cranch. like, I know you're going to do that. <laughs> um, and it is the largest squid in terms of mass. So it's not quite as long as the uh, giant squid, but the, the head of it is way fucking fatter. It's got this fat big, baby. giant, fat head, and that's why it's Martha's favorite. She relates. It's that, and it's a couple, it's a lot of other things. It's so cool. Um, here, for you. So this is your... <laughs> This is an octopus. That's your regular giant squid. The thing above his eyes is the mantle. This is your colossal squid. So he's got a big fucking head. His yeah. mantle is giant. It's, it's lumpy. Mm-hmm. He's very fat, and he weighs a lot. So the regular giant squid weighs up to, like, top about 600 pounds. Like, the females can weigh about 600 pounds biggest specimen that we've found of the colossal squid was about a thousand pounds and they think it goes up to like a 1500 so it's less of a like sleek yeah buddy and more of a like i'm gonna ruin your day his big giant 
balls on his head. Giant head. His beak is fucking huge and the biggest beak in any of them. Um, and it's the heaviest known, uh, in, heaviest known and biggest invertebrate up there. Sick as fuck. It also, so not only that, but it has bioluminescence, which the giant squid doesn't have. Giant squid's just a regular fucking squid. This buddy's like, I've got bioluminescence so I can lure you in and trap you. And then, not only that, but it also has uh, hooks instead of suckers on its tentacles. Oh, so, normal things for normal squids. Yep, exactly. So it can grab onto you with those hooks, and every one of those hooks is prehensile. And so it can fucking luck. <laughs> and then you're dead. The <laughs> end. The first specimen was discovered in uh, 1925, and then in 1981, an adult uh, specimen was discovered, and in 2003, a second specimen was collected. They have a bunch of them in the Museum of New Zealand, Te Papa, Tongarewa? But, um, yeah, it's pretty similar as far as normal squids go. It's got the mantle, it's got a pair of gills, it's got its, like, two normal fins, blah, blah, blah. Regular, regular morphology, but it, uh, it's the only squid in its family with hooks, which are either swiveling or three-pointed on each of its arms and tentacles. It's also known for its uh, abyssal gigantism. So it's like, oh, you're way down there? We're gonna make you big. Cool! Awesome! Monsters! Compared to the giant squid, which uh, also exhibits deep-sea gigantism, the colossal squid is way heavier, and the beaks are way scarier and bigger, and uh, also it has the largest eyes, period, period. The eyes are known to be about 16 inches across. Damn. Fucking crazy. And uh, squids, they think, can see longer than um, they can detect predator movement beyond 120 meters, um, which is the upper limit of a sperm whale's sonar range. So if a sperm whale can find it, it can see it coming at it. That's pretty much it. Mostly, I just wanted to talk about squids, how cool they are, and how the colossal like everybody's like the giant squid's so cool. I'm like, you guys are thinking of the colossal squid, <laughs> which is actually cool. The giant squid got pushed in a locker. I didn't find the thing on Mark there. It's all about pushing people into lockers. Lately. It's been my jam recently. <laughs> um, I never got pushed into a locker. I got too tall before that was ever a thing. I never got pushed into a locker because our school Cause you wasn't were like that. I definitely was not. <laughs> but our school didn't wasn't super clicky. Mine either. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, there was I'm way more preppy now than I was in high school. Some sort of a um, chemical in the giant squid that basically makes it taste like fucking ass. Which is why Which we is why can't, we can't eat, eat it. it. Yeah. Oh, it's um, it's part of the chemical that makes it able to find its way around. They're like, oh, that shit's actually gross, guys. So I could eat it, but I won't want to. Yeah, no, you would be like, you would try a bite and be like, oh, I wanted you to be good. <laughs> I wanted you to be good. <laughs> I really want some calamari mm-hmm. right now. I really want a tattoo of the colossal squid. That is not where I'm going. No. 
I didn't I want to eat it. I mean, yes. I'm not going to say no to some calamari. Yeah, Martha really likes the one ever. that looks like I, anything I can't eat those ones. They freak me out. Where, well, exactly. For me, that makes me feel like I am the one eating the kraken. This is a tiny kraken, but it's actually a normal-sized kraken, and I'm very, very big. Anything where I can pretend to be very, very big or very, very small, I'm about. I don't know what why. What does that say about you? I'm pretty happy with my size, so, like, I don't know. I just, I think the very small thing just says I want to ride my cat really bad, <laughs> and I'm too big. You're too big to ride any cat. Uh-huh. And I don't want to be too big. I want to be an action figure size so I can ride my cat. The end. <laughs> Good story, guys. Hey, Mike, I think I might have the new promo for Earth Station One. Want to hear it? Sure. Celebrating over 12 years of bringing you all things geek, we're the Earth Station One podcast. No matter the topic, we have been showing you all sides of geekdom with interviews, reviews, discussions, con reports, and as always, the geek seat. Join Mike and Mike weekly at EarthStation1.com or wherever fine podcasts are found. That's Earth Station One. What, what do you think? Is it okay? That's eh, fine. We'll, we'll do better next time. This Labor Day weekend, fandom is calling. Let Michael, Mike, Darren, and Jen help you answer the call with the latest news, notes, tips, and tricks on the DragonCon Report. Available as an audio podcast, visit DragonConReport.com and for the first time ever, watch us on video via Facebook Live and YouTube. We want to help you celebrate your fandom in all the best ways. So listen up and we'll see you at the con. Today, today, I'm going to add another member to our bestest babies. Bestest babies. And I'm going to talk about Rio Oki from Tokyo. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> Man, I really want to rewatch old Tokyo. No, Tenchi. you don't. We'll get into it. <laughs> First off, let me just talk about my sources uh, Wikipedia, Fandom, Urban Dictionary. Uh, MyAnimalist.net and some YouTube because I definitely watched a whole bunch of stupid dumb clips of Tenchi Moyo. So it's all on Funimation, but I actually rewatched a chunk of it a couple years ago and I was like, uh-uh. Mm-hmm. Well, I know it's harem nonsense, so. Yeah, it's but it's just not, it's not good. So, Tenchi Moyo is actually, the Japanese name of the series was actually Tenchi Moyo! Exclamation point. Ryooki. Oh. That was its actual name. Huh. Yeah. Um, and when they came to North America, Weird. they changed it simply to Tenchi Moyo. Because they realized Ryooki wasn't a fucking yeah, main yeah, character and it didn't yeah, make any I don't sense. I not really know why it was called that, but that's what, what it was called. <laughs> so the series has been an anime, a light novel, which is just like a young yeah. adult um, novel, and a manga. Who doesn't love a light novel? <laughs> The series began uh, with a six-episode OVA and was created by Masaki Kajishima and directed by Hiroki Hayashi. And it was released in Japan on September 25th, 1992. 
Ah. The series was then released by Pioneer LDC in the United Kingdom in 1994. As the popularity grew, this a seventh episode titled Tenchi Moyo Special, The Night Before the Carnival, or just Tenchi Special, and then a standalone Mihoshi spe- Tenchi Moyo Mohoshi Special was made. Oh, Mihoshi. The second OVA, uh, OVA series was directed by Kenji Yatagai and was released in 1994. And the third OVA series, also uh, directed by him, was released in 2003. I didn't realize there were so many. I was going to say, I, yeah. I think I did, because I remember trying to fight things <clears throat> back in the day. So, I think I'm going to get into what we probably remember yes. as children, and it's not these. No, um, and I, well, I know that I couldn't watch a bunch of them. Yeah. And then... There was a fourth OVA series produced in Japan. It was the first collection released on November 30th in 2016. And then the following episodes were planned to be released in three-month intervals until the final part of the series, which was arrived on August 30th in 2017. As recently as July 12th of 2019, it was announced that a fifth OVA series was currently in development by Masaki Kajishima. Do you remember what OVA stands for? Yes, I put it down. It stands for Original Video Animation. Okay. So in in 2019, July 12th, they announced that they were currently making a fifth OVA series. As of right now, I have no idea if it's still in the works or not. Obviously, this was July 2019, and then we know not even a couple months later, COVID was fucking everything up, so I have no idea where it stands now, and I didn't look it up because that's not what this is about. Nope. There is, so this is some of the stuff, this is the stuff that I know we had the, like, the original OVA, and then these were the other ones that I know we have here. There's the 26th episode anime television series called Tenchi Universe, which re- which was released in 1995. Uh-huh. It was the retelling and extended, expanded upon the original six episode stories. That was one of the ones that was yeah. on um, Cartoon Network. Tsunami. Yep. And then Tenchi in Tokyo. I remember that one, too. Which was the set, which is like, almost almost like season two. But it was um, also kind of not. So is it was created in 1997 and is all another all alternate version of the original story. Yeah. The latest version of the series called Ai Tenchi Moyo was broadcasted in 2014 on Tokyo MX. There's also the spin-off series Magical Girl Pretty Sammy. Yep. And it was adapted into a manga series. The franchise has also sponsored uh, soundtrack CDs and other merchandise that were released in both Japan and the United States. I always wanted to watch Pretty Ma- Magical Girl Pretty Sammy because it was Sasami. Yeah. My favorite, but I Back in 1999, it wasn't easy to find that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I just, I distinctly remember when, like, wanting to consume more Tenchi media, and then Tenchi in Tokyo came out, and I didn't want that, and then I saw something about other OVAs, and you know, it was yeah. like, well, I'm buying most of my anime at fucking a weird, like, Sam's, it was a place called Sam's that had, like, a weird comic shop with videos (laughs) that every, and, like, you know, it was, where all the weird fucking places you bought anime back in the early 2000s. You had to buy DVDs for $25 that had three episodes on them. VHSs! Yeah. 
that had one episode, and they were still fucking ten bucks. Yeah, I was gonna say, I think I have a couple VHSs that have, like, two episodes on them. The one episode where Noriko dies in my bathroom on the VHS. Why would you do that to yourself? I... No wonder why you have depression. Yeah, I... <laughs> That's, uh, it wasn't anything that actually happened, like, it genetically. It mom. It has nothing to do with my mom and my dad, so you guys can take that blame off of your shoulders. It turns out it was me and my choices about Noriko, and the fact that I only bought one. I only bought one because I was the, I don't know. Which is fine, you're poor, you can't buy more because you're a child, but that episode? Why would you do that to yourself? Because I'm a depressed piece of shit. I don't know. I definitely yeah. should have gotten something with fucking Tasky because I wanted to take that thing home. Hosehori was my favorite. Who doesn't like Hosehori? Gotta love a man who's like, yes, I'm so look at me. Pretty. I'm like, I want to braid every flower into your hair, <laughs> my sir. All right, so I'm gonna tell you what Tenchi Moyo is about. We're going to start with the fact that it is a harem anime, mm-hmm. and Tenchi is actually one of the first animes to ever be in the harem category. Oh my god! From what I could find, the earliest in... <laughs> I didn't even register that until you stopped <laughs> Why? <laughs> that was the most inappropriate reaction. Oh my god! <laughs> Like, how many harem animes do I even fucking know? It's like this and, and like... And why was it so shocking? Grandma? <laughs> like, two. Two. I know two, I guess. Um, some of the earliest harem animes came out in the 1990s. Like, literally 1990. And this came out in 1992. So, it was... And they're, they're few and far between. So, this is one of the first ones that came out. And it's like a true harem anime. Yeah. And like I said, a lot of them I had, the few others that came out around that time I hadn't heard of, and Tenchi, I feel like, is probably one of the most popular, or one of the first most popular in the category. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, a harem anime is essentially where there is an average boy who is bombarded by girls that are all hot and are of all various physiques. Then, sorry, fireworks, guys. Um, no one's getting shot. Not actual getting shot, even though that has happened before. Martha. Not us. <laughs> no, we weren't shooting people and we weren't getting shot. No. Martha didn't even know they were gunshot. <laughs> no, I thought I dropped my book. <laughs> well, I did drop my book, but I guess I dropped it at a really in, like, inopportune or particularly opportune time. Like I said, bombarded by all these hot girls of various physiques. Oh, no. And all the girls in the harem, or most of the girls in the harem seem to be attracted to this boy and are often fighting over his affection. It's always like, why? This, yes. This can be reversed where it's one female and a bunch of dudes and it's literally just called reverse harem. One of the other defining factors, I guess, is there's usually at least three love interests at the same time for the main character. And it might even move throughout the girls differently, but usually there's always three. Usually you have, like, your main two, and then the other ones just sort of pop in with a cute little crush every once in a while. I would say you could probably... Put Rambo under there. Yeah. Um, that wasn't on any of the lists that I it's, saw. It's like half of that. Yeah. And then half, because like also Rambo is sometimes a girl. Mm-hmm. So. 
So some some of the other popular ones that you might know of, um, La Pina was a very oh, big yeah. one. Yeah, very very harem. Um, a slightly newer one is um, I don't even really know how to say this anime. It's like the you know when you hit reply and it says re in the two in the colon. Yeah, so re re zero. Fruits baskets can kind of get harem-y. Um, she usually has the two, two. boys, but yeah. sometimes the other guys around her end up having a little crush on her at times. And then a revert, uh, definitely a very reverse one is the Orin High School Host Club. So harem animes are mostly like, what is happening? The dude is always so fucking so basic, average. so basic. I'm like, now you well, talk or least, why? And I'm like, so at least in touchy, he like kind of wasn't. He was, he ends but also up not. Yeah, he wasn't. He starts as a very basic dude, and then yeah. ends up not being. And then it basic. ends up turning out like he's there was more person. interesting stuff there, and he's actually like very powerful yeah. at swords and stuff. Yeah, he can do swords, I guess. Yeah, but like in La Pina, like he's basic. The whole yes, time. like anyways. So anyways, doesn't make him interesting. It just means that he has a hobby. Yeah. Um, okay, so the actual sort of plot of the series, well, <laughs> Tenshi Masaki, an average schoolboy, suddenly finds himself in the midst of a bunch of women from outer space, among them space pirate Ryoko, Princess Ayaka, and her little sister Sasami, scientific genius Washu, and the ditzy space cop Mihoshi, and their adorable little Cabot, uh, Ryooki. Cabot! Cabot! This sets the scene for a hilarious romantic uh, farce as the girls fight for Tenchi's affection while the, he fights off various galactic threats and discovers that his family is also connected to the outer space world. And, like, meets cool. girls who like him, which is definitely the first time that ever happens. Yes, 100%. And I think they're all, well, he's, like, what, 14? He's young. 16, most. Yeah, he's probably, he's probably 16. Everybody else is, is question mark weird ages. Hundreds of years old yeah. because they're all from space. To say, Washu or, is thousands of the years old. Washu real fucking yeah. old. She's at least in her like four or five hundred. I'm pretty sure but I she's think thousands. She's I think she's yeah. two or three thousand. While the rest of them, I think even Sasami is like three hundred. She's definitely years older old or something yeah. like that. While the other ones are four hundred, five hundred, six hundred years old. Fuck your Anyways. dumb Earth age. Yeah. <laughs> Time space. <laughs> <laughs> Too gay for that shit. <laughs> yeah, I can't explain it because um, I like girls. <laughs> so Tenchi meets girls in different ways, but the basic plot remains the same. Tenchi Universe is where they introduce Kione, Mahoshi's unfortunate I, partner, police officer. I love even her. though they're definitely lesbians together. Lesbians. <laughs> they're such. They're like and like even young like. Thought I was maybe kind of straight me. Thought that they were kind of gay. Yeah. Like, yep. well, but like. Yeah, they're they're definitely they're definitely. But they're the only people who have chemistry with each other in the entire yeah. show. Seriously, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> so Tenji and the gang go on some space adventures and do normal teenage things, space things, normal teenage space, space things. <laughs> And that's essentially what this anime is about. Obviously, each season and series has its own plot line, but we're not here to talk about Tenchi Moyo, so yeah. that's our summary. So, here is our main topic. Bye. Our newest member of our Bestest Babies Club, Sweet. which is Rio Oki. Baby. Sweet Baby Angel. 
So she's introduced in the first episode of the series. What we normally see Rohoki as is this cute little uh, brown bunny with big flappy ears. And she's fluffy and she's got big eyes. And then she's got a little red gem on her forehead. And with all this cuteness, she meows. Yep, that's the noise she makes. She makes her cute little meow noise. And I don't have the upper register of my voice right now. Meow! But yes, thank you. <laughs> this is when we find out that she is known as a cabbit, which is a mixture of a cat and a rabbit. Yay! She's so cute. She's so cute. You, we know you love a combination I animal. I do. I love a combo animal. This might be where it started. I love a combo animal. I had a Ryoki and a Kenoki plushie. That's so fucking cute. Yeah. And then I played a video game that was like, here's all these animals, and they're all combined, and one of them is a pig cow, and now I'm obsessed. For the right, 20 years later, I'm obsessed Yes. Yes. (laughs) So, this cute little bean loves carrots, and she loves the whole family, and she's just like their cute little pet. Uh, she belongs to Ryoko, technically, but she ends up getting attached to Sasami, one of the younger girls in the show. The mm-hmm. one with the blue pigtails, if you guys sort of know what I'm talking about. You're like, about. I have some vague recollections. Vague recollections. Ryoki actually has three forms. We see her in her cute little bunny form the most. She also has a humanoid form, because of course, why wouldn't she? And, um... But the best. The best is she is a goddamn fucking spaceship. Bitch! She is a giant fucking spaceship. So, Ryooki was created by Washu, one of the main characters of the show, and by combining powerful a powerful creature known as Masu with some form of mineral life form. <laughs> That's all I got. She was basically created to be a companion of Washu's other creation, who is Ryoko, as well as her powerful spacecraft. Ryooki, along with Ryoko, were initially created by Washu to wield the power of her gems because, sidebar, Washu is actually like a goddess. And so. There's a lot of that. Yeah. Well, she's like the sister of Tsunami who inhabits uh, Sasami, who's a goddess. And those gems have a lot of her power, and it was to help with her, all of her power. So Ryoki has some fun abilities because of that. So the first time we see Ryoki, it, she's actually a spaceship. It's that very first episode of the series. Um, so Ryoki, Ryoko, and Princess Aika, the one with the purple hair, if you guys know what I'm talking about. She's, she's a, a bitch. <laughs> I bet if I watched it now, I might appreciate I tend yeah. to, I usually, when I was younger, I was like, oh, this character sucks. And now I'm like, <laughs> this character's kind of a bitch and I love it. <laughs> I relate a lot more. <laughs> They're in a big giant battle, and they crash onto Earth, and it seems like Ryoki is destroyed. In the third episode, they end up finding this cute little small egg in the area, and it ends up hatching into Ryoki and into her cabot form. Now, we have cute cabot form of Ryoki, yeah. and this Ryoki is a complete reincarnation of the spaceship. Ryoki has all the same memories, has all the powers. However, Ryoki has some new abilities. Like, she was not a cabot before. She was just always a spaceship before. Now, she is a cabot and a spaceship. 
So cute. Nothing better than like, like if I could make my car into something small that I could pet. Yeah. It would be the best. So where did real geek come from? Exactly. How did this cabot happen when it was a spaceship before that was destroyed? So Ryoko used part of her powers to merge her ship to a dying cat that just happened to be roaming around Tenchi's fucking temple and some other rabbit that happened to be leaping around. (laughs) And, I mean, really fucking cute, so it fucking worked. Uh, (laughs) Yep. Um, And Ryoki, when you give it the command and either toss her into the fucking atmosphere... Or she does a really big jump, can still transform back into her spaceship. She also has the ability to phase through things, like Kitty Pride, for reference, if you don't know what I'm talking about. But she's not very good at it, and forget she can, so a lot of times she'll <laughs> run, or, like, no, she can, but forget she has to, like, activate like, think it. About so it. she runs into things and like, has oh. to, like, go back. I watched many scenes with her being like, yeah! Like, smashing oh. straight into things, and then going through it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> if my dog could face through things, that would be him. Your dog would get stuck in so many doors. Oh. So many bushes. <laughs> he would just be a bush dog. He was gonna say he would just bring back so many. We would have like a. We'd be like, garden. sorry, we have destroyed all of your nice landscaping you yeah, have out there. I think you guys do a great job. <laughs> My dog super appreciates it. He's super into it. Can't even tell you. Literally into it. So, <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you forever. And then, at some point in the third um, OVA, she seems to end up sort of separating. And she has a ship entity and her Cabot form entity. And they can work separately, but it always um, works better if if the Cabot form fuses into the ship. Um, But they can work separately, and apparently they just kind of keep the ship at the bottom of the lake that's right by the temple. I have small things of it, like, coming out of the water in my brain. Yep. So there's an incident later in the series in which she fully merges with her base, the Masu. And this is where she is then, she then gains the ability to shift into her humanoid forms. She does have a child form and an adult form. However, the adult form is only seen once during the fusion with the mass. Um, Masu, yep, definitely. Too many perverts. One, because, yeah, why, we don't need that. Two, she does have the mind of, like, a child. Yep. And she has trouble walking on her legs anyways, so trying to walk around as a full-grown adult would probably be an issue. So, from then on, we'll only see her, she kind of takes the form of, like, a five-year-old, a four- or five-year-old sometimes. Yeah. She's so cute. Yep. Um, so cute. When she first becomes humanoid, she can't really talk. She still meows a lot. She can say the word carrots. And then, no. like, the next season, she can start to actually form some words and sentences and seems to be a little, like, understand it a little bit more. Oh, yep. Cute. Um, so Ryoki is actually like a legend throughout the universe, and oh, then what? many characters end up surprised when they see her, because she's this cute little adorable cabot, or this little girl, uh, when they first meet her, and but then they're like, oh no, you're a cute baby. I would we die for you! you. <laughs> yeah. 
So, like I briefly mentioned earlier, she and the young Dryan princess, Sasami, quickly become attached to each other while living at Tenshi Masaki's home, and you generally see her wherever Sasami is, rather than with Ryoko. But in true harem fashion, it seems like once Ryoki becomes more humanoid, ends up developing a tiny little crush on Tenshi Mm. in a five-year-old way. Yeah. And they keep it, they keep it age-appropriate. No, I do remember that yes. there was never, like, any weird implications yeah. so they there, keep it God. very, very, you know, chill due to the fact that she is very immature. She's this weird cat child She's thing. so cute! Um, but they do, at one point, for some reason, go into her mind um, while she's, like, sleeping, and she does have, like, these dreams of her and Tenchi harvesting carrots together. <laughs> but then I would be like, does she actually have a crush on Tenchi, or does she just want the fucking carrots? Does Tenchi just give her more cause, carrots? Because Tenchi is the one that harvests the carrots. <laughs> That's so dumb. I know. Oh my god. Clearly it's like what me and Rant- my dreams with Ransom is. Yeah, it's definitely that. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, no, when I was reading about cats having dreams about people, they were like, yeah, cats probably also have dreams about their owners because they have dreams about their like lives the same way that most animals that are sentient probably would. But like not about like snuggling them and more about being brought food. And I was like... Well, that tracks. (laughs) Wow. Damn. Also, in one of the later OVAs, Washu decides to make another, another Ryooki, even though she was like, I'm never going to do this again. She did it anyways. (laughs) And so she makes another little... like that, you say that. Whatever. She probably Probably doesn't remember that she said it. So this cute little, so there's actually like a handful of cabots. I looked them all up. There's like six or seven of oh them. My God. So uh, the sister that she makes for Ryoki, her name is Fuku. And so Ryoki's little sister and computer unit is for Ka- uh, Kamadake uh, the second. I don't know. It's a powerful spaceship, which belongs to uh, um, Sena Yamada, the main protagonist of one of the OVA spinoffs in Tenshi Muyo GXP, which was way past my time. Mm-hmm. So last thing we're going to talk about with cute little um, uh, Ryoki is, of course, Kenoke. Baby. Baby. Baby number two also can be part of the bestest babies club. Close baby. So, Kenoki is first introduced in episode 10 of Tenshi Universe and is the partner of Nagi, Ryoko's nemesis. So, just like Ryohoki from Tenshi Universe, Kenoki can transform into a giant spaceship and loves carrots, but can't really seem, doesn't seem to really have any other special abilities. Most of the I feel other. Like that's enough, isn't it? Yeah, most of the other, most of the others have other special abilities, but this seems to be Kenoki's thing, but it's fine. Kenoki's happy with this. I love carrots. That's pretty yep. much it. Um, I am a spaceship and I like carrots. Yep. So the two hit it off right away and they become fast friends. And then there's a later episode where they actually go on a little date to the beach together. Oh my god. So, so cute. their relationship, if it was on Facebook, would be listed as complicated because as I said earlier, the ship the Kenoki is bonded to when he is a ship is Nagi, who is constantly trying to capture Ryoko Ryoko, who is the owner of Ryoki. So, you know, it's complicated. But, you know, it's fine. They really like each other. Also, fun little fact. 
they didn't realize that Ryoki was a girl until Kenoki. Oh. I don't know if they just assumed he was a boy or just didn't ever gender him, and then Kenoki came along and they're like, oh, Ryoki's a girl. Oh, you're a cute little baby. You're a cute little baby, Grinchel. Of baby course you're a girl. girl. It's a harem animal. Yeah, my God. <laughs> Come on. Have you not been Even the animals attention? are gonna be fucking female. Even the plants are female. <laughs> So, overall, we find out that Ryoki is a cute little baby boo-boo cutie-pants cabot who loves carrots and loves her family. And she's smart, and she's fluffy, and she's a badass spaceship that protects everyone she loves. And now, she is the newest member of the Bestest Babies Club. And there we have it. Well, that's fun. All right. That's my very short episode. Made it. All right, everyone. Um, well, our next episode, like we said, is going to be our rant episode. But other than that, you can find us where you always can on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Mm-hmm. You can always also find us on the ESO Network and on Podbean. <laughs> Don't forget to email us at but first, let's talk nerdy at yahoo.com and follow us on Instagram at but first, let's talk nerdy. Otherwise, we will see you some Tuesday. A Tuesday in the future. And it's going to be a rant, guys. Peace out. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.